This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he believes the best way to get better at something is to put in the reps. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton. And it's my goal on the podcast to help introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Matt Morrow, President and CEO of the Springfield Area Chamber in Missouri, to learn how the Holman Brothers provided value to his chamber. Holman Brothers provide a great training for our sales team in terms of just outstanding sales techniques, but maybe even more importantly than that, They were able to provide us with a system, a process that was repeatable. And in that, we're able to see very clearly from one month to the next how the the pipeline is doing, what prospects are in it, what kind of progress we're making, and what we can do to coach people to success. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Dewan Claiborne. Duan is the president of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce, and he's been there since July of 2019. Since Duan's arrival at the League City Regional Chamber, they've seen exponential growth, having some of the most success that their chambers ever had in 60 years, Um, bringing in over 600 new members to date, more than 500,000 plus views of the chamber website, a multitude of ribbon cuttings, and so much more. Duan's leadership has seen the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce become one of the fastest growing chambers in Texas and become a four-star accredited chamber of commerce, putting them in the top 3% of all chambers of commerce in the United States, all in less than three years. Duan was a 40 under 40 recipient for ACCE as well as for Galveston County in 2021. He majored in business administration at the University of Central Arkansas. And he started out in managerial work upon graduation from college. Dewan is a native of Little Rock, Arkansas, but made the decision to move to Texas due to the state providing so many business opportunities. Dewan grew up with the love of basketball and business and still plays basketball to this day for a male division league. Dewan has worked in the chamber world since 2015 After being laid off from Target during its breach scandal, he became the director of special events at the Fort Bend Chamber of Commerce. He fell in love with the mission and culture of chambers. Dewan believes his spiritual gift is serving and sees working at the chamber as fulfilling his gift and a wonderful way to serve his community. He serves on a multitude of nonprofit boards and is a mentor for the Chauncey Glover Project, as well as a founding member of Branch, which is Brothers Renovating Adolescents and Creating Heroes, a membership program dedicated to helping minority children in single-parent homes or in juvenile system. He's also on the board of directors for the African American Marketing Association. Juan, I'm excited to to have you with me today on Chamber Tap Podcast. I feel like it's been a, a a working in progress to, to get you on the show. And I'm, I'm glad we're making it happen, but I'd love for you to say hello to all the chamber champions and share something else interesting about yourself so you can get to know you better. 
Sure. Uh, first off, I, I thought you were going to trim down the bio. <laughs> like it got longer and longer. Um, but no, um, he- hello to the world. Uh, DeWan Claiborne, President and CEO of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and first off, Brandon, thanks for having me. I've been an avid um, um, listener to you and I've listened to the podcast. I love it. And I'm just excited to finally be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on here. Just to, I'll, I'll say that an interesting fact is, you know, Dwan turned me on to wearing shorts at conferences, kind of an <laughs> inside thing. We saw each other and, and right. I, I think it was at TCCE, I think. Yes. And, and uh, you know, here I am wearing slacks in this shirt and everything. And, and Dwan like, comes and I'm like, man, like they did say casual dress. So yeah. so then the next conference I see him, I'm wearing shorts and he's not. I got I'm, the I'm the only one. He left me hanging. So. Right. I got the next conference. Next conference, I'll wear my shorts again. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about the League City Regional Chamber, kind of size, staff, budget, type of work you guys cover, just to give us a little bit more perspective. Great. So first off, um, League City is the largest city in Galveston County. Um, There's over 120,000 as a population. Uh, League City is the 15th fastest growing city in the U.S. right now. And so we are really smack dab in the middle of on your way to Galveston, to Kima, all of these tourist destinations. You have to drive right through League City. League City is 48 percent undeveloped. So I tell people for architects, they can be an artist and draw out the development that they want. And so because of that, it attracts um, so many different businesses to League City. Um, I was actually blessed to help um, negotiate bringing Amazon there, which created over 200, over 500 jobs uh, in our community. And because whenever Amazon comes somewhere, of course, other businesses are watching. And so I work very closely with the city's economic development uh, director, Scott Livingston, and we're all about recruiting uh, businesses to League City. But of course, my main goal as the chamber is the business retention and keeping those doors open. And so a lot going on in League City. We're a regional chamber. So we we have businesses in Galveston County, Brazoria County, and Harris County. And so uh, we're here to serve all businesses, no matter what city, because we know business is hard. And so we don't want them to do it alone. And there's no other way to do it than with one of the best chambers in the nation right now. I love that. And that does give a good taste, a good flavor of what you guys are involved with at the moment. And, and like you said, just that rapid growth in your area, which doesn't happen by accident, you know? I mean, it helps you have undeveloped land that people can kind of draw out and see the vision that they want. But I mean, you guys are doing some things right there and working with the city and economic development to to attract those businesses to the area. So great job. Thank you. So our topic that we decided to settle on for our discussion today is going to be around the the accreditation process. And as I shared in the bio, you guys are a four-star accredited chamber. So Um, I know there's other chambers out there that are contemplating or maybe going through the process themselves. So it'll be uh, beneficial to hear, you know, from your point of view, going through the process and what it was like and to be able to help some of these other chambers be prepared to go through it as well. And we'll dive into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. 
app my community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings they provide many more capabilities to engage with your community provide your residents with a robust events calendar partner with a local fair festival or farmers market to provide a schedule map and other resources to promote the event run a small business saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the Commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. When you really think about it, is it realistic to expect your membership rep to deliver consistent results without consistent coaching? Much like an elite athlete, your membership rep must be aligned and performing at their best, which doesn't happen automatically. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching Program supplies the indispensable training, guidance, and support your membership rep needs to keep their performance in high gear. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching. All right, Duan, we're back. Um, so tell us, as far as the accreditation process goes, um, maybe let, let's start at the beginning. What made you guys decide that you wanted to go after the accreditation? Well, before I jump in, I have to give recognition where recognition is due. And so you mentioned I started at Fort Bend Chamber, and I did. And that was under one of the best leaders in the chamber industry, Carrie Schmidt. Um, And so being there, we were actually a five-star chamber. And so I learned about accreditation there because that's all we would talk about. And I was like, why do we keep talking about this? And then I started doing research. I'm like, okay, this is what separates our chambers from the rest. Because we have a saying in a chamber world, when you see one chamber, you've only seen one (laughs) chamber. And so that's when I learned about it. And so as I was there, the chamber was actually, Fort Bend Chamber was getting ready for um, the reaccreditation because it's a distinction for five years. And so on that fourth year, you want to gear it up and start um, mobilizing your leadership to get ready to 
to apply again. And so I just had one little small portion because while I was there, I was director of special events. Um, and so I was kind of over the governance piece and it was just so intriguing, the amount of details. And it really helped me learn more about the chamber, more about my role in the chamber. And whenever I got to League City, um, you know, they always said, I mentioned it one time at a board meeting, like, hey, guys, have we ever thought about being accredited? And they say, yeah, we thought about that. We looked at what it requires and then we never opened that book up again. I was like, <laughs> oh. like well, that's not the right attitude. <laughs> you've got to look at obstacles as an opportunity to grow and to develop as a chamber. And so at that point, I decided that we will be accredited and we will start the process. And so I believe around 2020 at my board retreat, um, we reopened all that paperwork and um, I had a facilitator there, uh, Dr. Glenn Friedman, uh, one of my mentors. He's and he's actually teaching uh, chamber basics for TCCE. I sent my class and my staff there yesterday. Um, and so he walked us through the process. And so there's actually some prerequisites for um, the accreditation. And so it's like, if you don't have these five things done for each section, you're not even ready to apply. And so we had none of that done. So that was our starting point. And so from there, we started our year long, year and a half long journey to get ready to apply for accreditation during the pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. As if there wasn't already enough challenges. Right. Right. Uh, so as you got started, what are some of the first things that you guys, you you know, tackled as far as um, over, you know, talked about overcoming obstacles. Yes. What are some of those things that you had to address early on in the process? Well, the first thing was just, you know, learning the good governance, right? So when this, have we had a financial audit? Um, if you're, um, and I just realized I didn't answer your question. So our budget is around $778,000. And uh, we have a staff of five to six employees. Um, and so, Essentially, if your chamber's budget is over 500000 then best practice from the U.S. Chamber is to get an audit, a financial audit every other year. If your uh, net income is not your net, if your gross income is under 500000 then best practice is to get a financial, have a financial audit every three years. And so at this point, we were actually under that 500000 mark. Um, and so we were able to, you know, the first thing we need to do a financial audit. So I, first off, if you're a new executive, um, if you're taking on a new chamber position, that's honestly one of the first things you want to do so that any skeletons that are in that closet yeah. come out and you're not held accountable. Unfortunately, the situation I was in, we didn't have uh, the financial resources to do a financial audit when I first got there. And so I was excited that that was one of the first steps because I had been wanting to have one ever since I arrived. And so when it was time to start that process, that was the first thing that I said, well, hey, well, we have all this money. Let's go ahead and get the financial audit done. That way we can really have a good understand that where we are. And that's one of the major steps you have to do before you apply for accreditation. That's right. No, and I think that's good advice too. Even if you're not applying for accreditation, if you are a new chamber exec coming into a new role at a new chamber, it would behoove you, it would protect you <laughs> to do, have a financial audit done, hey, see, see what's why? out there. And, and, and it may not be skeletons, but it'll just give you a good pulse of what's going on in your chamber. What's the help financially and be able to help you kind of chart those waters going forward. That's yes, a great sir. piece. Um, 
what are what are some of these other uh, obstacles or, or things you know next steps in the, yeah. the process so so once you actually go through what it, the minimum standards of accreditation and you have all of those checked off then the next piece is really now diving deep into each section so there's eight different sections for accreditation um just to name a few one of them is board governance one of them um, is pro program development. Another one is financials. Um, and, and so start going through each section and literally work your way down the checkbox. And if you're able to provide that documentation, do it. If not, start reaching out to chamber executives that are um, already accredited and start looking to, I call it ROD, rip off and duplicate. Yeah. See if they allow you to follow, get some of their best practices. And so that's where I then started, you know, for those documents that I didn't have or those policies and procedures, I started looking at some of my neighboring chambers that were accredited and started um, adopting some of their policies. Now, of course, you want to get your board involved. And so my board reviewed it and we made our, we made, we put our leak city twist on it, but, um, Work smarter, not harder. You know, if people have already paved the way, uh, if people have already have these, these documents, sorry about that. I have, I have a little a dog. Have yeah, a dog. it's all right. <laughs> yes. uh, somebody the office mascot, right? No. Right. Office mascot, right. Uh, well, yeah, so if somebody has already has that work done, work smarter, not harder, and reach out to them and try to borrow some of those resources. Yeah. Now, I'd like that just to be able to, to lean on your other peers in the industry. And there's no no sense in reinventing the wheel. You know, reach out to, to your peers. How do you do this? You know, what kind of structure or template are you using? Um, yeah, I see that as hey, being in the podcast space, chambers will reach out about starting a podcast and say, like, well, let's look at some templates that other chambers are doing for their podcast and see what would fit you and your community the best. And that's what it's all about is kind of finding a template and then customizing it towards yourself and, and what works for your community. There you go. Um, so as you went through the process, how was the, the buy-in from your board, from the staff? Right. What was the, the overall climate like? Right. So, you know, the first thing is I really had to like, you know, sell the board on the importance of accreditation, right? Because their first question is, okay, why what's the benefit for this for the yeah. chamber and then not even that for the members so yep. why am i as a top investing five-star member why do i care about you being accredited and so as the executive and the leader of the organization those are the first talking points you want to have okay why accreditation is important because it shows one the businesses that we're good financial stewards with the finances that they invest in our chamber, right? Best, and that's through going through the financial audit. Also in that financial piece, you have to have financial policies, procedures to make sure you have controls over those funds that businesses are investing in your chamber, you know, because businesses are giving thousands and thousands of dollars a year. And so you want to make sure as a chamber executive, you're not just saying that you're a good steward, but you've had CPA companies sign off on that. You were able to produce uh, financial policies and procedures if anyone asks. And once you have your financial audit, it shows that you are good stewards with those funds that you've been given. And so that was my first message is to allowing our board members to know that, hey, I know a lot of you all are part of a lot of chambers, but if you want to see which chamber you should invest in the most, 
you should look at investing in an accredited chamber because we have that stamp of approval from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. There you go. I like that pitch. Because yes. so, <laughs> you guys are kind of in a region where you do have a lot of chambers, you know, immediate neighbors even. Yeah. And a lot of your members are going to be members of maybe three or four different chambers. Mm-hmm. So when they decide where to put their money, you know, put yeah. it where it's going to have the most influence, where it's going to have the biggest impact. Right. In building a, a stronger community. So mm-hmm. uh, how about to the, the general chamber member? I mean, I'm sure you guys made some sort of an announcement once you you got right. your four star you know accreditation. Um, how did you make that announcement to members in a way that you know showed what it meant to them, even if they're maybe an entry level member? Right. What, what does that mean for them? Yeah. So um, what we did is when we finally found out uh, that we uh, reached this prestige distinction, uh, we hosted a four star uh, accreditation celebration. Uh, We actually had someone from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce come out uh, from Washington. One of my good friends, you know, him, John Gonzalez. He came out. um, And so basically I invited out all past board members, anybody that was a member one one month, one year at the chamber and current members to tell them all because of you we've reached this distinction and that's a way for you to know by you investing in the chamber in the community that's a great investment and we have a stamp of approval from Washington now because of all of our innovative events because you're here serving and you came up with this innovative idea to host shouting with the mayor so I kind of pinpointed some of the events that the U.S. Chamber actually recognized us for hosting and being creative. And I personally recognize those individuals who have come up with those events because our members actually are the ones who help us come up with these dynamic events. The Chamber, we're just here to execute and run the day-to-day operations. I think that's so good. I love that you guys did a party, but then to to specifically call out those people, those businesses, organizations that had a key impact in you guys getting this distinction and being able to say, this is a role that you played. And I think that allows other businesses to say, hey, I kind of do something similar or I can see why that's important. And it kind of builds that momentum amongst your membership. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're on the right track. This is a good thing. It builds engagement, right? And it shows people, you know, we have a theme uh, at my chamber. I don't know if you you look a little younger, but there was a show called Cheers back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so we tell people we want to be like Cheers. We want to go where everybody knows your name. So. Keep going, keep going, keep no. going. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the only part I know. No, I'm yeah. like, uh, but no, but that's what we want people to feel engaged, involved, and hey, we're here because of you. Because truly and honesty, honestly, you know, we are a membership-based organization. So we keep our doors, our doors open, our lights on because of your investment and membership. And that's really what makes a chamber uh 501c6 versus 501c3s because we're membership-based driven. Yeah. So just for the record, the next line is, you know, everybody's glad you came, you know, right, so right. that's it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. I got two lines. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so as, as we start wrapping up here, I wanted to ask you for if you had any tip or action item for a chamber listening, uh, maybe they want to go through the accreditation process. What would be your you know advice that you would offer to them? 
Uh, my advice is just do it. You know, just start. Um, the hardest piece is start. It is overwhelming when you see all of those sections, uh, when you see the amount of detail that's required. It is a lot. Uh, but remember, there are chamber executives like myself and others that are more than happy to pay it for and to be a listening ear and a resource with you. Um, and just know it's a journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I'll just share a quick uh, story with you um, about me. Um, and for those of you all that follow me, you all know that I'm pretty kind of straightforward about, you know, me and my, my faith and uh, reasons why I'm operating in my spiritual gift right now. Uh, but because of that, when you go forward, of course, you get, uh, you know, some traction pulling you back. And so, Brandon, what happened to me is we worked on accreditation all year and I plan to submit by December 31st, uh, 2021. And tell me why when we were ready to submit everything went wrong. I mean, my server shut down. I lost all my files that we've been working on all year. The board's asking, hey, have we submitted? Have we submitted? And I'm like, Man, I don't have I don't I don't have any of my documentation. We were actually like in going through a switch. You know, Outlook has all these tools now. Oh, yeah. It was actually uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Suites. They have all these different tools, and so as we were converting over to more of a cloud-based um, structure, all my files were gone. And so here I am, December thirtieth, twenty twenty-one, at the chamber, really like trying to stick to, oh, I'm going to submit by this year. I've said it's a go, you know, till I got to the point where, you know, I have a, another philosophy that, you know, clarity is better than speed. And so I had to challenge myself and say, the one, you don't have enough clarity here. I literally had to start redoing the entire package. And so I was just going through trying to remember the stuff that I had in the old one and stuff. And it was it was so much and overwhelming that, you know, I had to go back to one of my philosophies and I'm like, I don't have clarity here. So I shouldn't have be really trying to push and submit this thing because, you know, this has been a goal for my board and me and I've been sticking to it. And so, you know, because of COVID, it's taught us to pivot. And so I had to have that tough look in the mirror um, and conversation with myself and say, you know, hey, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. And you're not ready to submit it. You like really rushed and got through it, but this is not your best work. And so at that point, I had to own it and tell my board, you know what, it's not time to do it. We're going to submit the first quarter of March. I'm, uh, and, and, yeah, March 31st, 2022. Um, and we're just going to do it the right way. I don't feel comfortable. And, you know, because they heard that from me, they respected it. Yeah. And then we did do that. And so around June, July 2022 is when we got the good news that we reached a four star distinction of being accredited. So that that long story is just that, hey, you all are going to run into challenges. It's, it's just like anything um, that you're doing or while you're at the chamber, when you're trying to do right, when you're trying to fight for business, when you're trying to get your structure and your governance in order for the chamber, as you're going through that process, just know you're going to have challenges. It's going to happen. And that way you can be more, um, more challenge proof and prepared and be more resilient. And again, feel free to pick up the phone call and call me or someone else that can help get you through that because it's it's tough going through it by yourself, but just know, uh, hopefully my testimony will help you out that if you are ready to do it and something happens and you don't feel confident, you feel in your gut that it's not the right time, it's okay. 
It's okay because you don't want to submit prematurely. You don't want to then not even get a credit or get three star, whatever. And all the creditations are good. Let me not say it that way. But you don't want to undersell yourself and have that distinction for the next five years because you were trying to rush and apply. And so my words are just be prepared when you're trying to do good things. Um, That force is going to try to work against you, but keep that grit, keep moving forward, be resilient, utilize your resources. And at the end of the day, you'll get through it and you'll be excited that you went through that journey. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, in hindsight, had you went ahead and rushed it just to meet that date that you had set that goal date, right. And you know, it would be eating at you for the next five years that you didn't put your best foot forward. And it wasn't, right. it wasn't a true representation of what you're I probably wouldn't done. even be on this podcast. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Um, I see the Chamber actually starting back being the authoritative uh, uh, entities in the communities. Um, Through COVID, the Chambers have been in part of big conversations with elected officials, legislative entities, economic development entities, workforce development. We've been engaged across uh, the spectrum of different industries because people are starting to see again why chambers are so valuable and why we are here to make the world go around. So I think that right now what's big for chambers are focus on those partnerships. You know, right now I'm reading a book called The um, um, CEO Excellence, and it talks about the six different minds mindsets of a CEO. And the one of the interesting things that they say on there is challenge everything, challenge everything you do, ask why, and be okay with changing things up. And I think that because of COVID and where we are in the world, this is the time for chambers to bring back more life to your chamber. Be okay with stopping that program that isn't profitable. Be okay with uh, creating a more of a work-life balance and culture for your staff. Be okay with having a little bit more fun at work and not stop being so serious. You know, We have to be with our teams, with our boards, more than with our significant others. So why not have fun with it. And so um, I think chambers are going to be rising to the top. Um, We have a lot of great chambers currently that are doing some phenomenal things in their communities. And during crises, we've seen chambers step up like never before. And I think that's just going to continue to happen. And we're now in that circle and sitting at the table, helping make decisions and decisions in order to make our communities survive and thrive. Absolutely. I love that. So you had uh, you'd put out the invitation there for listeners to reach out with you, to give you a call or email to see how you're doing things. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you if they wanted to, to learn more and, and just get to know you better? Thank you. Well, um, I'm pretty easy to find on social media. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely, well, really more so on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and so that's, you can find me there, Dewan, D-E-W-A-N, Claiborne, C-L-A-Y-B-O-R-N. Or you can always email me at the chamber, Dewan at leaguecitychamber.com, L-E-A-G-U-E-C-I-T-Y, chamber.com. Um, and then, of course, you can always reach out and call our office at 281 
Um, but yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Give me a shout. Remember that you are not going through this accreditation journey by yourself. Work smarter, not harder. ROD, rip off and duplicate, get resources from chambers who've already gone through this process. And then once you get it with your board, um, finagle it, finesse it, and make it perfect to fit your chamber. That is perfect. I'll get your contact information in our show notes for this episode so people can reach out and you know, connect on, on the social media or shoot you an email or give you a call. But um, I think you've provided a lot of value today for those listening, especially those who maybe been on the fence of whether or not they want to go through the accreditation process and whether or not it's worth it. And I think you put forth a great argument for your, your bigger investors and even just the average chamber member about what that value is and how to relate that value back to them and the impact that they're making on your organization to really stand out and be recognized. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, if I may, one other thing, you know, what it means for that executive is I would challenge any chamber executive that if you have not gone through accreditation and not just saying you have to submit, but going through like each section, you do not know your business the way you think you do. I don't care if you've been at a chamber for 20 plus years. Going through accreditation from an executive standpoint, I've learned so much about my business, so much about the chamber that I can even tell you from a financial standpoint, you know, that I am 59% membership with income and the other percent is non-dues revenue. That's actually one reason I didn't become a five-star because best practice shows that uh, the U.S. chamber wants you to be 40% membership income, and then 60% non-dues revenue. So as I'm gearing up for my next five-year to apply, I need to have a shift in income. And it makes sense because what happened during COVID? People didn't renew. And so if you're really heavy on only membership, whenever there's a crisis, thinking about now how crippled your chamber could be, which then will have a bad reflection in the community because you are the one as the chamber who are making the community survive and thrive. And so that's probably my my last um, voice to the executive, the reason why it's so beneficial for you to do it because you'll learn so much. And I mean, even this, like I learned about how much I invest in my staff for professional development. You know, I was investing around 40 hours a year, but the U.S. Chamber says it should be 60 plus. You know, that's what five-star chambers do. And so for me, it's like, wow, I need to, you know, invest more in my team. And so I wouldn't have known any of these numbers if I wouldn't have gone through the process. And so in order to really know your business, in order to really know your chamber and look at the bones of the organization, I highly recommend any executive to go through that process because no matter how long you've been in the chamber industry, you won't know your business as well as you will once you go through the accreditation process. And I appreciate that perspective of of that feedback that you get back you know, through this process to say, to become a five-star, I need to do this and this. And, yeah. and like you said, as far as, you know, dues revenue versus non-dues revenue. And I think it would you know be to your benefit to have even more diversity in that non-dues revenue. Yeah, you know, it, it, it makes sense, you know, and you never, as a chamber executive, we don't think about it from that perspective. You know, we're, hey, membership, membership, membership. But if you're able to do a shift in your financial strategy, it makes you more resilient as a chamber. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
and relevant going forward too, because right. you're, you're involved in different things. So, yes. well, I think this has been a, a great discussion, Juan. I, I really appreciate you joining us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. And uh, and again, I'd encourage anybody that has any questions to reach out and connect with you. And and if you can tell, you know, Dewan's got some some excitement, some passion behind this. So, yes. reach out and, and learn more from him. But uh, Dewan, thanks for being with us today. I I really do appreciate it. Hey, Brandon, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to coming back. Any topic you want to talk about, I love it. I want to pivot myself as a regional collaborator. And so I want to share resources. I want to help other chambers. um, And I want everybody to be great and survive and thrive throughout these unprecedented times. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today. For a limited time as a launch promotion, this course is being offered at a 25% discount. Be sure to purchase a course today to lock in your savings before the price goes up, even if you're not ready to start right away. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot.